Hey everyone, I had the pleasure of sitting down with someone I look up to, who also happens to be my cousin, Samer. He previously worked at HubSpot as a renewal manager, but now works as an accelerated growth consultant at Google in Dublin. Samer and I talk about many things, some of which are self-love, authenticity and decision-making, self-awareness, and what it's like working at Google. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy this episode. What is self-love? Wow, I love that question. It's actually something I've been uh, thinking about and talking about a lot with uh, just friends and people that, that I'm close with. Um, I think it's a few things, for sure. Um, I think a lot of people maybe have different ideas about it. But in my opinion, I think self-love has to do with how comfortable we are with ourselves and mm -hmm. how we talk to ourselves and how we treat ourselves, uh, like mentally, emotionally, um, and especially when things are really challenging, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it can be as simple as, you know, obviously, if we're going through something hard, it's okay. You tell yourself that, hey, I'm actually doing all right. I've achieved X, Y, Z. You know, I'm going to remind myself of that to push through something challenging. Um, or it could be as simple as going out to for a swim in the sea, you know, to, to mm -hmm. take care of yourself. Um, what do you think? Yeah, that's that's an interesting take. I, I completely agree. It's I think like your self dialogue and how you talk to yourself. One thing I found mm -hmm. was um, maybe maybe you could relate to this. I find that a lot of people on self love, like I, I like the tough aspect. You know what I mean? Like to me, self love in my view is like um, it's being real with yourself and just being disciplined. I think like to me, that's the most amount of love you can give yourself. Cause I think there's like this conception, like misconception of, oh, if you love yourself, like, you, like it's okay to like lay around and eat Cheetos and do not, I, I feel like that's not really what like, you know, I think that's just delusion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think self-love would be more like putting your, keeping yourself in check and just that relationship you have with yourself. My view. Yeah, I totally agree with that, man. I mean, I think there's a, there's a fine balance, you know, and actually I'm reading this book right now. I think it's called Happy Mind, Happy Life. Mm -hmm. um, really, really interesting. Um, but I'm on the chapter, funny enough, right now about self-love. And, oh, wow. okay. and uh, he writes about, um, I forgot the author's name. He's a, he's a doctor. He's really well-renowned. I can't remember the name right now. But um, the theme, essentially what he says is that, you know, self-love, of course, is taking care of ourselves and, you know, doing all that. But it's also this idea of being a, uh, like a helpful coach you know mm -hmm. to, to yeah. ourselves like looking at yourself in the mirror and uh, you know D you know david goggins i know you're you're obsessed with him <laughs> and i really like him too but he look he says right like look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the truth but you know motivate yourself to 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 you know improve yourself if you need to but you know when i think about when i was in school when i was younger in sports teams things like this i never strive as well in an environment where my coach was like really aggressive and intense and kind of you know, shitting on me all the time, mm -hmm. as opposed to the coach who would like tell you, "Hey, you did this wrong," for example. Yeah. But here's, you know, he they they could identify your strengths and like lift you up that way to push you forward and help you be better. Exactly. You know? So I think it's an idea of like push, pushing yourself to be better, um, in like a like that helpful coach mentality, which I was like, oh, that's actually really insightful, you know? Yeah, Simon Sinek even like talks about that. There's a good TED mm. talk he did on like, I'm not sure if it's a TED talk, but he said it was like a talk of why leaders eat last. And so it was super interesting because I think that 
the way that you should speak to yourself is how you would speak to your best friend if they're going through exactly. something. Right. Like exactly. that's the best way to do it. Cause sometimes I feel yeah. like you can easily be so harsh, like, oh, you idiot, especially when you're like you're struggling so or something. And then you yeah. realize, like, dude, if I was talking to my best friend like that, like they'd stop being my best friend. <laughs> you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Of course. And it's yeah, we get so caught up in that, right? Because it's like we're telling it to ourselves and we're just it's not being spoken out loud. Exactly. Um and yeah, I, I really do feel like the words you say to yourself make such a difference, you know um it's an idea of i forgot um there's that study right where they um they took glasses of water right mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard of this study i haven't heard so far no um they took glasses of water and they labeled each jar with a different label so one was i hate you and i hope you die other one was like you suck and another one was like i love you and just positive affirmations mm -hmm. and they actually microscopically studied oh, the water yes. molecules it's crazy you know? and the crystals and like the, yeah exactly and the ones that were given the positive affirmations were like extremely intricate and beautiful whereas the other ones were just looked sad <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly and you think about our bodies are made out of what 80 percent water yeah right? something like that yeah and just think about on that level as well there's just you know energetically speaking it changes your whole view yeah um long story short yeah that your mental talk is just what changes everything in my opinion yeah exactly so you should be very very careful with how you how you speak to yourself in your internal dialogue i think that's like um that's super just helpful be mindful right that's yeah. It, yeah yeah exactly be mindful i think mm -hmm. you should i think it's always important to be self-aware of things that are going mm -hmm. on like i'm a big fan of being self-aware i find that it creates a better relationship with yourself um, totally. because you, you also realize, like, I remember looking back at years, like two, three years ago, whenever I'd speak, like, uh, I mean, I wasn't as self-aware. And so I didn't really see how things were being seen. Like whenever I'd say something in a, in a crowd, of like in a room full of people, sometimes I'm not sure how it's being perceived, but now I feel like because I'm self-aware, I'm, I'm a lot more careful with the way I speak and, and the tone I use and things like mm. that. But one, one question I want to ask you was at what point do you think like what age for you um, or what experience are you willing to share sparked like a massive change um, in, in a perspective for you? Hmm, like perspective on life or yeah, like perspective or... on life, basically like anything like it could have been, yeah. Like change your whole view. And really from there, it was like a pivotal moment and you just changed your view. That's yeah, a really good question. Um, I think there's definitely a handful of them throughout my life so far but I remember a really pivotal one um after my first year of university um where I was back home in Karachi visiting family just kind of you know the usual mm -hmm. summer holidays now I remember I had like four months off that summer right so I had a lot of time just to kind of hang out um and I was yeah it was not, nothing exceptional was going on you know I was just home after a nice holiday um and I remember just I just was you know just sitting in my house watching tv watching movie just kind of doing the same things I've been doing for a long time as a teenager and I think as as a teenager as well right when you go into uni you start doing this a lot of self-comparison and yeah. wanting, wanting to improve and these like and social media all these things kind of come up and impact your life subconsciously in a way too mm -hmm. and I don't really know exactly what what triggered it but I remember it was like two or three in the morning I was just watching movies you know not doing much with my days mm -hmm. and I was just like man 
I need to change something. <laughs> this is not what I want to be, what I'll be doing with my life, you know? And I just didn't feel happy. I didn't feel alive. I didn't feel like fulfilled or mm -hmm. with a purpose, you know, I just felt like I was doing things because everybody else was doing them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I actually, for the first time noticed that, wow, I, I think I am like depressed to some aspect in life, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I remember like talking to some close friends about it and just going on this sudden journey of finding myself right yeah yeah and like that moment kind of transitioned me to obviously talking to a therapist but then finding meditation and spirituality which was like a huge part mm -hmm. of my own journey and I think from there is when I noticed I started meditating more and doing all these different things and finding community you know around me that was mm -hmm. not just about partying and things like this but also more wholesome fulfilling type of yeah um, connections that you make with people um and I noticed when that, you know, when meditation and spirituality came to me like more prominently in life mm -hmm. and meeting people who are also into it, right? Mm -hmm. um, just on university, like I noticed, for example, that those anxieties and those self-comparisons and those doubts suddenly quieted and, and calmed down. And I started just to be more present in myself and being able to like just in a more calmer, relaxed way, meet people, talk to people, connect with people. <laughs> and just started finding more value and purpose being in, in the moment as well, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's interesting how that they say, right? The, it's the darkest before the dawn type of exactly. thing. Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. A bit, a, bit, a bit cheesy, but it's, it's true, you know? <laughs> no, it's kind of, yeah, completely true, completely true. Yeah. I think like, yeah, the, I want to touch a bit on the spirituality part because I think that's mm -hmm. really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Just being born in a, like, just, like, I think you could relate to this as well, like being born in a religious family, typically mm. you're not really taught why you're mainly just taught this is the way it is. And I think that, um, I think a lot of the people that I've spoken to have said that they've sort of, whenever they've been able to explore certain like spiritual avenues themselves, it's hard to hit a lot deeper. And I think like mm. that, that's, that's what I found at least. I mean, I grew up in a, in a household that was, that was good. Like in a, obviously in a healthy amount of like a religious environment, but I find for me, it yeah. was less, it was less of like, um, it was less of like, here's why we're, it was more of like, just, this is the way it is type of thing. And when I started to like, exactly. um, address it more and think about it deeply, I started to actually see how it could benefit my life. Like spirituality wise, even just meditating, right. Like going, like now I find yeah. that going for walks and, like yesterday, for example, it was, it was like a beautiful sunset. It was like 21 degrees. And for me, I was sitting in the study and nice. I can look outside and see it. And I'm just like, why not, man? Like life's so short. It's just, just enjoy Love it while that. you have it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Enjoy those moments. That's really what it means to be alive, you know? Yeah, exactly. To, to be so present that we're just, you know, in love with that sunset or the skies or the clouds. And you're just so in there. Yeah. You're so grounded. In, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause it's so, I feel like even just touching back on comparing yourself to other people, I find like in that age, like I can totally relate. I just finished my first year of university and throughout the whole mm -hmm. year, you hear about kids getting internships here or getting a job here for the summer. And it's so, it's so toxic whenever you compare yourself to them because yeah. you, you, you always feel like, oh, I'm just a piece of shit. You know what I mean, even if you're yeah. not, it's just that's your yeah. internal dialogue. And so I find that I think social media has a lot to do with it. And I think that just mm -hmm. taking yourself given like taking a break and just going for a walk or even just looking outside mm -hmm. seeing the sun like noticing little animals moving around you find like life ain't so life ain't so bad man you know what i mean it's actually a beautiful beautiful journey absolutely man i think that's such an important practice to to do 
or to be mindful of and push yourself to do, right? Because in those moments where you are comparing yourself, if you are feeling down or just not feeling you, right? When we come back to the simple things or with being grateful for even something as simple as our breath and going out for a walk and feeling the breeze or the sun, right? There's those mm -hmm. little things that you're like, wow, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? exactly like it's okay we like it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i read this one quote where, or yeah. not quote like one person talked about how um every time that you've gone through something you have a hundred percent success rate of getting through it because you're still here <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that's like a little motivation thing but i, I want to okay. sort of pivot into um because i'm actually curious about this because i got this wrong before i said marketing but you're into sales i'm just wondering you seem like you really enjoy it and so i want to ask you have you always enjoyed that? Um, or has it, yeah, have you always, like, has it always been something you've enjoyed from the beginning you knew in first year uni? This is probably what I want to do or? Yeah, great question. Um, I definitely never saw myself going into sales. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it was one of those things that like, I never thought about. I always had this idea that, you know, being in sales means you're pushy, you're a shark, you're this big ego. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you think about, and from the movies, you, you see salespeople, they're like trying to, um, you know, what's the word? Like, tell you shit. Be sneaky, <laughs> yeah. tell you shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my impression of being in sales, you know, just like pushy and just aggressive and not the person I felt I was. Um, and it wasn't until I joined HubSpot where I learned through their culture and their value of uh, what it means to be a good salesperson. And, you know, whoever's listening should, and you should also read mm -hmm. uh, Mark Roberge and just follow him. He's used to be the chief sales officer of HubSpot, but he was an engineer and he turned into the chief sales officer of HubSpot. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. And he used a lot of like numbers and metric driven approaches to build a successful sales org. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, him and Darmesh who, and Brian Halligan, um, who were the founders of HubSpot kind of really preached this idea of what it means to be a good salesperson and this idea of like a consultative sales approach, right? And okay. being empathetic yeah. and listening, asking good questions, being analytical, being helpful. And I remember reading the job description HubSpot as well of like, you know, if you are empathetic, you should join this company type of thing. I was like, what? okay. Like, <laughs> like what so does that cool. have to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, just so interested. And, you know, like yourself, I always enjoyed talking to people and asking questions and, mm -hmm when I joined HubSpot and I learned more about what it means to be good at sales, right? Just around asking questions and listening and being helpful and coming up with the, you know, the, they call it a consultative selling, right? So gathering information and listening to the client or the prospective client okay, and understanding what they need and then coming up with a solution that fits that need, you know? Okay. And, and not saying like, oh, you should buy this pen because it does X, Y, Z. But it's like, tell me more about what you're looking for in a pen, you know, and that you okay. kind of understand this is what I'm learning, this is what you need. I'll find a solution that fits your needs, right? Okay. And so I love that part of it. I love the listening and understanding the like, ideas and what, what is needed and presenting those solutions that, that fit um, in that sense. Um, but obviously, there were certain challenges that I found as well that joining the sales org was, was challenging and maybe less energizing than I liked it to be, right? Okay. Um, which would be like cold calling and getting rejected. And, yeah. you know, like those things are tough for anybody. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, some people really thrive on that, but I found that really challenging personally. 
Um, but as I obviously learn from different mentors, different coaches, different managers, colleagues, um, and even now at, at Google, like I've, I'm learning so much, so many new things, right? About how to position, how to present ideas um, and just ask those questions. And I've sort of found my way in like a, in a style that works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think it's, I think sales at Google or at HubSpot is very different to maybe sales at any traditional company. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, I feel like it really resonates with me. And although I never saw myself being in it, I'm definitely enjoying it now, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, I guess yeah. looking back, you can sort of see like the progress of of solely moving into sales. But how is cold calling work? Like, how does that? Because I'm always so curious to know, like, I find that to be an insane skill, just being able to pick up the phone, call someone <laughs> and then just sell them something. <laughs> Like, how does that, do you have any stories of like when you've called people and it's just been like awful and then somewhere you were actually like, how was the process? Like, how does that even work? Oh man. Yeah. That's such a good question. Um, I remember I was terrified before getting on the phone, you know, mm-hmm. um, it helped that before my cold calling job started, um, I was in a different role, um, where people were calling me. <laughs> so I was okay. already comfortable with like talking to clients and prospects and asking questions and answering questions and just having that conversation which naturally builds that muscle and, and that confidence okay but i remember when this when that job started um i was always told like look you might call 50 people and no one will answer mm-hmm. right and i was like okay i was expecting that right and then <laughs> i remember like i was doing like my first or second ever call and they answered and i was like Oh, what do I do now? But it's a, it's one of those things that as you just do it, the better you get at it, and the easier, more comfortable it becomes. You know. Okay. Um, and I over time, you know, I learned different things, and it's really about trying out different things and seeing what works, right? Mm-hmm. And also having that emotional intelligence around how that person might be feeling or thinking because in the end it's a human right yeah yeah and they true. might be having a really bad day yeah yeah 100%. <laughs> well, they're really busy um but yeah i mean the process is not too complicated to be honest but there are little like tricks that uh you know that, that were taught or tricks or methods that were, that were taught on like how to approach conversations and, okay you know not really like pitching as soon as they answer and just you know warming them up a little bit before mm-hmm. you you dig into questioning and getting their buy-in and asking for permission to ask questions and things like this. Um, but yeah, it was intense. Like, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was intense, but I, I, I learned a lot. That's for sure. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. But initially, yeah. like when you start off cold calling people, like it must be super nerve wracking, right? Because I, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure like if I was to pick up the phone and call, like I've had people call me, cold call me, and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm so rude. But <laughs> <laughs> Like, why are you calling me? It's so yeah. late. And things like that. Yeah. But I guess, but now for you, like when you go out and meet people, it must be, it must be easy to just break the ice and talk to like people, go up to them, random people you don't know and start a conversation, right? Like easier than it would be for someone who's not been cold calling and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I've always been like a shy individual and more introverted than extroverted, mm-hmm. but having a job in sales and talking to clients every day and cold calling, things like this, like really helped me get out of my shell a little bit more and being more extroverted just pushing myself out there and yeah having a conversation and i remember um 
you know, going back to Mark Roberge, the former C uh, chief sales officer of HubSpot, he gave a talk when I first joined and he was saying, you know, to practice being a good salesperson, go to any social event, wedding, party, whatever, mm -hmm. and find a few people to talk to. And every time you talk to that one person, just keep asking them questions about them, you know? Okay. Like, so tell me more about what you do. You know, why do you enjoy that? You know, just keep asking questions about them and then they'll end up just talking, 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 talking. And, you know, you leave that conversation and they'll walk away saying, wow, I really like that person. But in reality, they also know nothing about you. Yeah, exactly. So this is idea that, you know, you learn how to ask questions and have conversations and just be genuinely curious is, mm -hmm. you know, another thing I took away from, from HubSpot. Um, but yeah, long story short, I think it has certainly helped socially in certain aspects, you know, like talking to the random person at the store or asking for help or calling up, you know, the airport or whoever you want to call me at the airport. But, you know, if you want to call like yeah, some exactly. company, yeah. get something sorted, like you have a bit more confidence to approach the conversation or things like this, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely has helped in that aspect. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So like at, at HubSpot though, so when you're working there, was the office like really nice? Because I know you're in Ireland, right? Just I'm in Dublin, yeah. Dublin, yeah. Dublin, yeah. That's because mm -hmm. you li used to live in Bo Boston. You lived in Boston, Boston before? Boston. And yeah. then you moved to, when did you move to Ireland? What year? I moved to Ireland uh, May 30th, 2018. <laughs> May 2018, so, wow. Four years ago. What, what was that like though, that transition from, and why, sorry, you moved because of HubSpot, right? You landed the job at HubSpot. Is that why you moved? Yes, but I had the job already in Boston, um, and then I transferred over to the Dublin office for like a for the sales role, basically. Yeah. Okay. And what was that transition like, though? Because like it's completely different going from Boston to Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it was there was definitely a lot of challenges, um, but also really good things. You know, um, I'd never been to Ireland until I landed here. Mm -hmm. um it was my first time kind of moving countries on my own accord you know it's always been either with my family or for university you know or yeah. for something else and it was scary right it's like suddenly you're i'm you know i'd lived in boston for like six years at the time and i was suddenly had to pack up my life in suitcases i was like what the hell how do i do this <laughs> big, big change like what's going on yeah <laughs> yeah um and I remember it was like, I was just what one year, not even one year outside of uni. And I was already, you know, moving and I was on my own out there. had a very, just, you know, some close people helping me out here and there, but in the end, we're all just doing it on our, on our own, you know, mm -hmm. we have to figure it out. And yeah. I remember I was both really excited, but really nervous at the same time because I was starting a new life, but also leaving behind like a former life. And I was ready to leave. I was ready to move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, but actually, I remember your dad gave me words of wisdom. Oh, really? Before I accepted the job, he was like, commit, just commit to it and do it. <laughs> and you figure know? it out later. And, That's his vintage and, quote. Yeah. And those words really resonated with me and they, they stuck with me for a long time. And uh, yeah, and I, I remember landing and I, it was it was lucky and helpful that I already knew some people here through HubSpot. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was great because, you know, they let me in. I, I stayed at their house. They took me out. They, I met people, whatever. Mm -hmm. But with any move to a new country that's not your own, 
right? Um, there is always that aspect of culture shock, right? Mm -hmm. And you figure out, okay, opening a bank account, getting your visa sorted, getting the tax issue sorted, getting yeah. insurance and finding an apartment and bills. So and much like stuff. All this life admin things, but then also cultural things, right? Yeah. And, you know, as a, well, how old was I? 23 years old at the time. Um, you know, it's also, how do you fit in? Like socializing with a new group of people that you've never met before. And mm -hmm. now it's this whole new culture because Dublin is, which I love, is like very international, full of expats from all over Europe, but also all over the world. Okay. Um, and I personally love that, right? Yeah. Um, so it was really amazing to also meet people from all sorts of different backgrounds and find those similarities, but then also, you know, explore the city, explore a new city and travel and mm -hmm. do all that. So there was a lot of like amazing things about it, but it was also challenging to fit in and build a new life and find your feet while starting a new job that was really stressful yeah um and kind of doing all that at once and being away from your family and you know it's the first time i had to do that you know since university um but you know going back to what we started with right that it's always the darkest before the yeah exactly the dawn. dark before the dawn and, yeah and while it was really challenging really tough i met amazing people um who some of which i'm still really close friends with today and I've now found myself more at home here in Ireland, mm -hmm. you know, and I've met amazing people and I couldn't be happier. It's a beautiful country and there's so much to see and, you know, amazing things to do. And it's yeah. just amazing to be so close to the rest of Europe, um, being relatively close to Pakistan, you know, mm -hmm. um, compared to the U.S. So, yeah, it came with its challenges, but, the you know, it's the fruits have been paid off. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think like also just looking back, um, seeing how it was a difficult time, but now you look back settled in Ireland. You, it's, it's always cool to just look at, oh, wow, like I, I did it. You know what I mean? Like you look back at like whatever, even just opening up bank accounts and just going through some struggles, trying to find a place to stay, like going through all that. And then being looking, being able to look back like four years later and being like, holy shit, like, you know, I did it. Now yeah. I'm working at Google, which is sick. I'm like, wouldn't have expected that <laughs> when I first moved. <laughs> yeah, very crazy. true. It's, it's good. It's nice to look back and reflect like that. Yeah, sure. exactly. I want to touch up a bit on Google, but I remember you, you brought my dad up. And so that quote that he always says, he's always like, commit and figure, yeah. out, figure it out later. And so I was uh, <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to use this quote. Uh, I ended up using it against him because I had to leave for the really? airport at, I think, like uh, like noon in, in Karachi. I had to leave to go back to Canada. And so Amar, yeah. just for people listening, Amar is a cousin of mine. And so Amar said, hey, let's play golf at like 7 a.m. And I'll have to like come back and pack. And so I was always like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I asked my dad. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to commit and then I'll figure it out later. <laughs> so I told my dad, my dad's like, you know, playing. I'm like, are you committed? And I said, I'll figure it out later. I'll take your advice. He's like, yeah, well, you got to take it back because it's not happening. It's like, all right, cool. No way. <laughs> so, yeah, so, <laughs> I was like, damn. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... <laughs> That's a funny situation, though. Yeah, sure. I, I always use that now, like even just doing stand up. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do stand up. I like, I want to do it, but at the same time, it's just gonna be nerve wracking. I'm like, okay, screw it. I just, I just pick, pick the course. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. I'll figure it out later. And now I've got a show. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I've got to figure this out in like four hours. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I want to touch up on, on Google, like that whole experience of, sure. of um, the interview process and even just figuring out, like, hey, uh, I think I kind of want to work at Google. Like, how, how did that start exactly? Because mm. you were at HubSpot and like, um, you seemed like, I mean, you know, like HubSpot seemed like it was a quite comfortable place to be. And then going from there to Google, like what sparked that change, basically? 
Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, so I, I had been at HubSpot for four years. I was really happy, um, comfortable, loved the people I worked with, loved my job, loved the team. I transitioned a little bit outside of sales as well, did more account management and, and renewals, which is like negotiating contracts, something a bit different. You know, it was really, really interesting. Um, but I wasn't really necessarily looking to leave, right? And it's really hilarious because I've always found myself when I'm really comfortable, that's when things suddenly shake up in life okay. for the better. Yeah. Um, and actually this was, so that was last summer, but, and I'll get to that story in a, in a second, but for context, um, it was, I think, February, 2020, late February or early March, 2020, like right before lockdown kind of happened. Okay. And I went to a vegan dinner with a friend of mine who now left Dublin, but she's a really close friend. And she took me to this dinner. I was like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. I'm down. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I love, I, you know, big fan of that. And I met um, Harold, who you've also listened yes. to speak. Um, so Harold works at Google and he was at this dinner. And I remember overhearing saying, oh, like I, I work at Google. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, um, obviously it's Google. I was like very interested just to talk yeah. to people who I'd never met anyone who worked there before. Yeah. And I just found... He was very interesting because he was, you know, at a vegan dinner, seemed really interesting, you know, had like some sort of personality. I was like, oh, let's, you know, I just got chatting with him and he was like, hey, if you're ever interested in, you know, any job at Google, just let me know. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then I thought about it and I was also like, why not? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sounds like, um, cool option. like oh, it's always good to keep the mind open. Like you, you, you literally never know. Right. Yeah. Um, so we had a conversation like two weeks before lockdown we met for lunch and he's like hey summer there's this position it's really cool like you should check it out i'm like okay cool yeah let, let, let's go for it you know like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm happy but you know i i don't mind looking at another job like i'm always open and so i went through the whole process i i went through this one interview and before that i was like studying google ads like getting certified and this is all like the first yeah. three weeks of lockdown okay yeah i was like doing all this at once <laughs> And unfortunately, they stopped. They had they had like a hiring freeze because of COVID and all this. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So I, I went through one round, and then it was it was kind of on hold. And then fast forward to, I think it was June 2021, mm -hmm. and I remember vividly. I was sitting in this apartment where I'm in now, sitting in the sun. I had just gone for a morning swim to the sea. Oh like wow! At sunrise. It was like I was so happy that morning, right? I was in <laughs> yeah. such a good place. Yeah. And I was just so chilled out and really in in a good mood, having my coffee. You know, just yeah, exactly. Uh, just good vibes. Yeah. Lock <laughs> lockdown vibes, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was like not even nine in the morning, and I get a message from Harold, and he's like, "Hey, uh, the job is open up. You should go for it. You're a great fit." I'm like, "Ooh." okay yeah right and i was yeah. already like you know like i said earlier i was already comfortable chilling yeah happy. exactly i'm gonna am i really gonna shake it up now shake it up just so, yeah exactly because interviews are stressful right it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a process and uh i kind of thought about it and i was like yeah go for it i can't say no to this opportunity like you literally never know and yeah i revised my my resume and i applied and did the interviews and Amazingly enough, I got the offer. and That's crazy. What was it like when you yeah. got the offer? Like, what was that feeling? Where were you when you got the offer? Ooh, where was I? Um, 
I was here. I was locked down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was getting ready to go on holidays. Um, and I, I remember having a follow-up call to interview. And she was just telling me that, look, you've passed the interviews, but we need to do like a final round where like it goes, my application and process goes through like a round table, apparently. Okay. So like they review and discuss the candidates. And she was like, look, you'll either have three options, a hard yes, a hard no, or a maybe, which would imply a follow-up interview. Okay. And, and at that point I was like, okay, like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I've done well. Yeah. Um, at least I've achieved that, you know? Um, but I'm also open to every possibility right now, you know? Okay. And where was I? I think I was sitting here on this chair, funny enough. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the middle of the work day, I think right before lunch on like the middle of the week. And she told me I got the offer and I was like, what? Like, you know, <laughs> like, holy like, shit. Yeah. I just was like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, I was just excited and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, wow, like, this is crazy. I never thought this would happen, you know? Yeah. Um, and actually, to be fair, Harold did mention that, look, this is a good sign that you're going through this process, but let's be ready for anything. So I was like, okay, I'm ready for anything, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's mentally so yeah, different. it was a, a really exciting moment. I remember calling just like some close friends and my family and just telling them the news. And then, yeah, just like, it's always an exciting moment, right? When you, when yeah, you get a job. Exactly. And I was really privileged because I already had a really good job at a really good company. And now getting this offer was just like a really amazing cherry on top, you know? Yeah. But the, the interview process, like what they ask you questions, is it sort of like a, what it's like when you apply to Cambridge? Like how many planes of glass exist <laughs> in the city? Like just figure it out. <laughs> uh, not to that extent. No. I mean, there is one part of the interview where they ask questions kind of like that, but they've, uh, they seem to, position it and gear it more towards like role specific and job specific stuff. So for context, there's like three rounds of interviews, three themes. The first is like role related knowledge. The second is googliness, which is a cultural fit type of okay. interview. Okay. And the third is general cognitive ability. So they ask you questions, not like that, but questions around wanting to understand like how you think and there's no right answer, but they just want to see you know, how you're thinking and how you're thinking about the question, what questions are you asking back to get mm -hmm. more context and, you know, how you're positioning or finding the solutions to problems. Yeah. Um, so that is probably was the hardest part of the interview, but um, yeah, it was definitely kind of interesting to, to go through it, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. I think interviews are really interesting. Like I, I've had, like, yeah. like I, I find that for me, the attitude I bring to an interview is sort of like, um, like I know a lot of people who like, so for example, there's this one, uh, like I was telling you about Fun Row Ventures, uh, this like student-led VC mm. firm here, which is really cool. Right. Like I'm, I'm so happy to be part of it. Really cool stuff. But like, uh, so the interview process, I remember I thought like, no way I'm getting in. Like, this is just, so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to be like 110% myself to the point where like they either love me or exactly. hate me so, exactly. and then just see how it goes. Like, I think that's, that's the key, right? Like I see a lot of people whenever really they go is. to interviews and yeah. job interviews, they try to be someone else. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Cause then if you hire me based on that guy, I'm like, I'm not that guy. So it's just going to be a massive mix up. I totally agree with that, man. And actually I thought about that as well just now, because I think what gave me the confidence or just the 
the calmness going into those interviews and interviews in general is that I was just myself, right? Mm -hmm. Being I was just authentic as best as I could be. Yeah. And answer the questions as best as I could, took my time and this was myself. And like you said, not portraying someone that I'm not. Exactly. Then there's no point. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like that even just ties to what we talked about in the beginning about like self-awareness mm -hmm. and just trusting mm -hmm. yourself. Like I think trusting yourself that in an interview, no matter what question they give you, you will be able to answer it uh, like based on yeah. who you are as a person. You know, I yeah. think like that that's so massive. Like I remember when I was doing this one interview, they uh, I got a question saying, how would your friends describe you or questions like a uh nice. yeah, yeah so all of a sudden i like i knew they were gonna throw like all these different questions at me so like yeah the, the key for me was one person i was like what's one question you wish i asked you but didn't and i was like oh boy like this is oh wow yeah, i was crazy. like yeah. damn <laughs> i was so i said <laughs> so, so i said why I, I wish you would ask me why you shouldn't hire me because then i could tell you then you could see my thought process on well, I don't know. It was different. Like, I don't think anybody else would have asked that. So I was like, it shows that I'm thinking differently. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, man. yeah. So I, I think like just being self-aware to the point where like, yeah. it's okay. If you don't, if you don't hire me, man, like I'll survive. You know what I mean? It's not like, at the end of the day, I like, I respect the institution and I know what value yeah. I would bring, but if you don't see that yeah. I would bring any value, then it's all right. We can part ways. And that's not a big video. Like I'm not going to change who I am to fit your, your job description. Exactly, dude. Cause then, in the end, it's your job, and you're doing that every day, exactly. 40 hours at least a week. Yeah. And if it doesn't resonate with you, right? Because it's interviews go both sides in that sense, right? Like they're assessing you, and you're assessing them, and you both want each other as badly in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. For lack of a better word. And like, if you're not a fit, you're not a fit. You're not gonna enjoy the job, let alone the company. You know? Exactly. Yeah, it'll just be absolutely disastrous. Disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> like I yeah, can't imagine exactly. that. Just hiring me because they think i'm someone else and i'm not like that's different only yeah. like if you're in an audition and you're acting like you should do that you know what i mean like that's i yeah, think that's the only course. case but i yeah. think like so about google like i just think that's so mm. cool like the people you must meet at google must be like super super smart like around you you, you must be thinking like you guys are like holy shit like crazy smart <laughs> that's what Dude, i would think it's true man like since day one i'm just like wow these people are incredible everywhere Everyone's so switched on, with so interesting, interesting backgrounds. Everyone has such a cool story, mm -hmm. and really switched on and smart in that sense. And I, like, it's uncomfortable, right? Because it's uncomfortable in the sense that, wow, like I'm around all this, and mm -hmm. this is really intimidating sometimes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, whoa, like, and you, and it's that imposter syndrome kicks in, which apparently and it's it's everyone says it to every noogler or new googler right they call yeah called nooglers <laughs> and, and the advice that everybody gets as a noogler is like the imposter syndrome is normal don't let it get to you because you're okay. here for a reason like they always like remind us of that okay but it's i've met some amazing people even in the last like three months you know just on my team from the people i work with the people i was hired with everyone is just so unique and so interesting and so experienced right mm -hmm. yeah at the same time so humble and so nice and really fun you know so yeah it's a great environment to be in yeah i can imagine just being around people who like i guess also like-minded but just so unique yeah. in their own way you know what i mean mm -hmm. like these guys are like top tier a lot a lot of people a lot of these people like really cool education some of them are street smart start their own but like it's just such a variety of people but i think just like also yeah. vested in their own domain like really really smart and so for you at Google, like I've always heard, oh, sorry, yeah, do you go to an office? Is it online right now or is there like a, or do you go to the Google office there? 
No, no, I'm in the office um, at the moment. So as of like a month or six weeks, um, it's been mandatory to be in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Okay. So three times a week. And then Monday and Friday are like optional days to work from home if you want. Okay. What's it like, like mm -hmm. though, like the Google, like office space? Is it what I saw in like the oh. internship? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, man. They've really invested well into the office space taking care of the people mm -hmm. um just for context right in, in in the dublin office um we have like seven or eight restaurants oh my god that serve Jeez. like lunch and breakfast every day um there's a huge gym with showers and changing rooms there's a pool there's like seven or like i think no nine buildings Holy you know which shit have like like a lot of space and a lot of people there's like 9000 people work here you know so it's yeah huge. yeah um and there's just like so many cool spaces to hang out in um you know baristas mm -hmm. you know places to sit outside um there's like massage rooms where you can get a professional massage Damn, dude that's crazy massage chairs um ping pong tables pool tables uh yeah, and juicers, you know, for like free fresh pressed juice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot. I'm probably missing out on a few things, but they know how to take care of you. And, and in a way, you know, like it's a great investment because if I'm feeling stressed out, I know what I need to do, mm -hmm. take a walk, be around the space that can help me relax. Yeah. But it also helps me and motivates me just to work an extra bit harder as well. Exactly, because it's um, such a competitive environment too, right? Like, I mean, for Google competing against like other companies, I find like as well. being able to, because like how hard uh, the pe like the people who are working on your mission are working is like a super, super uh, big thing. Like you're competing against Apple mm. uh, in ways you're, mm. you're competing against Amazon and all these guys. And so I find that, like, yeah, like everybody wants to work at Google because it's such a cool place to work. Um, the workload, I'm sure, must be like a lot, right? Like, because remember we we were on a call like last Thursday or like two Thursdays ago, and you were talking about how the work can get um, like a lot. Like, let, let's talk about mm -hmm. that a bit. Like, how what is the workload like working at Google for you? Yeah, for me, I think in my team, in my role, is a bit maybe not um, you know equivalent in every role. Okay. Um, but for me, like it's a sales role, right? So the first six weeks of the quarter, we have quarterly targets. So the first six weeks were, it's a lot of prospecting and, you know, hard work and pushing. Um, where, and then like the last six weeks kind of calm down a little bit. Okay. Um, because there's like certain internal tools that kind of work in, in different ways. But, um, you know, the workload is still a lot. Like I still have a lot to do every day. Yeah. But obviously... You know, I can't speak for the whole team because, you know, I just joined, like, this is my first quarter on target. So naturally it was, it felt like a lot more work because I was still figuring it out and very yeah. slow with how I do things. Yeah. Um, now there's still like work to do. Like I have things I need to do, um, but I'm not finding myself sitting in the office till like 7 PM, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm being a bit more efficient with my time because I'm a bit better at and working smarter in, in, in what I do, mm -hmm. but on average it's like nine to six okay you know yeah and like so and then when you're out, out of the office um or like on, on weekends you still have like stuff to do like that way like you so like preparing for the week and things like that or 
No, no, I, I do my best to make sure I don't do that because okay. you, you do it once and it becomes a habit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you want to do the weekend to sort of mentally just de-stress and relax. You have to, you have to. And like management tells us to do that as well, to like switch off. It's the weekend, like disconnect, you know? Okay. Um, I wouldn't, I'd rather let myself deal with it in a moment when I should be dealing with it, like on a Monday mm-hmm. as opposed to a Sunday evening, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Obviously, if there's like little things I need to check and update, then I'll, I'll do it, you know, yeah. but I, I think it's really easy for people. And I, I know a lot of people who sometimes work on the weekends or late into the night um, because it's so easy just to not switch off mm-hmm. and have your laptop. You take your laptop home and like you just keep working, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think working from home during lockdown the last two years really helped me learn to disconnect and just switch off the laptop when I need to. Okay. And then, you know, get the priority things done for the day and then, you know, start again tomorrow. If obviously there's something really important need to get done, like today, I'll do that. Yeah. But um, I'm not going to push myself every day till nine o'clock because I just not healthy, you know? Yeah, exactly. You need to be able to yeah. actually detox and de-stress and just be able to enjoy and speak to friends and hang out and enjoy the little yeah, things. Yeah. Like right? like... Life is about life. Right? Exactly. Obviously your, your job is important, but <laughs> yeah. you need to also live and have a social life and have fun. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for you, do you prefer working at from home or going to the office? Definitely the office. Task. <laughs> like yeah. Environment like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some days it's nice to be at home to do laundry and do life admin things. Maybe you mm-hmm. couldn't have done. Um, but it's nice. I, I just, I'm more productive in the office being around my team. Um, free food helps obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely prefer the office. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, man. That seems really cool. I want to pivot a bit into um, sort of not really, per- I guess, personal, but just more like objective outlook on life and things sure. like that. But how mm. how old are you, Samer? I feel like I should know this, but I just for some reason <laughs> don't know this. You're fine. I'm 27. 27. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the question I had was, where do you mm. see yourself in five to 10 years from now? So that's like 27, so that's like 32 or 37, like around that age. Hmm. Like, so that, that, that'd be one part of it. And then if you feel like that's the question I don't really like answering because I'm more spontaneous, like we can dive into that too. Because whenever someone asks me, like, where do I see myself in five years? I'm like, dude, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> Zero clue. No. Yeah, I, I think there's a fine balance between having, you know, a plan that you need to stick by versus just yeah. going with the flow and letting life kind of happen to you or for you, um, which is a good thing. But I think it's still important to have a North Star and have an idea of, what you want you know Mm -hmm. yeah and and for me like at least the next five years um in terms of professional life like i see myself maybe working for a small startup like a high high growth cool company that's like really disrupting an industry maybe around renewable energy or something really cool cool like that yeah and being a sort of like a leadership strategic you know individual Mm -hmm. kind of helping that company growth in that sense yeah um, I don't know where I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know like which company or what role specifically, but definitely like something in that, that role. avenue, basically that avenue and that could change. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely would love to be living somewhere warm on a beach where I can go surfing every morning or just be in the sea. Yeah. Um, and just kind of have that relaxed personal life side as well, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe outside of the big city, but 
find that balance between being on a beach and in a, in a cool city like Lisbon or something. Yeah. Um, or like somewhere in Spain. Um, Damn, but I don't know. I'm also open. Awesome. To, that would be also amazing, open man. to to anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, maybe like I'll still be working at Google as well. Like who knows? Yeah, um, exactly. But I think I see myself doing that more of that type of work, like you know, high impact, high growth. Uh, company and like living a very relaxed personal life where I can do those things that I love mm-hmm. like being in nature being on the beach um, yeah and just being around close people as well yeah that's amazing like even just like mm-hmm. how you're describing that sort of having that relaxed environment I think that's like mm-hmm. so important because like even just being like I'm living in Canada in like Vaughan not in the heart of downtown like this is more yeah suburbs area which is nice like don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but after one to la like nothing beats la to me so so for mm-hmm. me like uh, every time i went to la like the people there like they're going on venice beach and seeing the people who live yeah there, uh, like man <laughs> it's 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 like where i want to live when i'm older and like i was talking to therese totally. uh who's who's producing the album for raza uh, also amar's friend and stuff like that um and mm-hmm. man this guy's 35 if I'm not wrong, but he looks so young. And I think that actually has a lot to do with it as well, right? Like being in an, in yeah. an environment where there's lots of sun, um, you're you're mm-hmm. not stressed, it's more relaxing. Um, yeah. It's a really, really, like that's, I think that's such a cool goal to have for you. Like, even if you're saying like in Spain somewhere, like it's just somewhere beautiful, very like cultural. Mm. Um, the people there are really, really cool. You know, I think like having, creating an environment for yourself where when you're going to work, because um, some days you're not always going to love what you do right naturally like yeah. you'll be a bit like oh man like screw this like i don't feel like doing this right now and i think yeah. that just being in a place where you're like no man like at least i can take when i de-stress and take a break like it's just gorgeous That's yeah dude i i agree i i think it really comes down to also like community and environment right because ireland is also a beautiful place mm-hmm. I mean, um dublin is fun but i think I, people who i know who live just outside you know in the forest or by the sea like i just feel like they're, they're just a certain joy that they have right when they mm-hmm. go home and they have that ability to be outside all the time yeah um and anywhere in the world and it's just as important of course to be you know comfortable and happy with yourself going back to that idea of self-love just being comfortable with who you are because if you don't have that and it's not going to change wherever you go right <laughs> yeah um but i agree i kind of having that environment that resonates with you be it on the beach in the forest in the mountain whatever yeah i think naturally you're going to find ways to de-stress and disconnect and exactly you know, have those that fulfilling and more fulfilling uh activities in life that as opposed to maybe being in the hustle and bustle of a big city like new york know, or, or new york yeah. or yeah. toronto you know it's it's very different vibes mm-hmm. and both are needed i guess um but yeah it's an interesting one that as i've gotten older i kind of crave more of that nature relaxed mm-hmm. quiet quiet surrounding yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so you used to so like in five to ten years you'd see yourself living outside dublin somewhere else basically is that safe to say or yeah yeah definitely somewhere either you know quieter and peaceful well i ideally i would have to be in portugal or spain or somewhere on the beach you know mm-hmm. but i can easily find out here in ireland as well if if i need to um but yeah i don't know where the destination is yet but definitely somewhere. but just somewhere like that sunny and where i can enjoy the the warm weather every day yeah exactly yeah i completely relate man i'm like dying to that like in my program at university i have co-op and so for my for co-op i definitely want to be uh somewhere in the states or even just go to spain 
for co-op nice. like just being able to experience different places and different cities yeah, because i think it just changes you as a person like you see a lot more different cultures you're you meet new people you know i think like it's yep. so important to do that that travel aspect is so important man it's yeah such 100%. a big part about learning in life <laughs> yeah 100 yeah exactly because it's experiences yeah. that really change your view on things yeah exactly like um i want to ask you sort of like how your outlook on life um has changed from beginning university to now um because i don't like i've spoken to you like a, a lot of times whenever i've come to karachi and i've seen you and things like that but i don't remember like i don't really have a recollection of when oh speaking to you when you were in university i just remember speaking mm. to you like when you were um working at hubspot and then we started to like get on calls every month and, and things like that yeah, yeah. that's sort of yeah. when i when i really was getting an insight on on you and and your life and i find like I feel like over the past two years, I've sort of noticed for, um, from you is like, you've become a lot more mentally like relaxed. You, you sort of mm. try to like de-stress more. You seem like, like I, the vibes I get from you are a lot more like, Hey man, like life's great. Be in the moment, enjoy, like meditate. <laughs> you know, and it's such a good, it's such a good vibe. I'm just wondering, like, was that like, how was that? Yeah. Like how was your outlook on life changed from beginning university to now? Like what was the most, what was the mm. most, um significant mindset change like what was the idea basically like be mm. more this or what was the mm. yeah great question um suppose it was you know it started off at that moment i told you about in the beginning when mm -hmm. i you know shifted things in my life but when i started off in uni i think i was more around like a lot of people this craving that external power and by external power i mean you know lots of money, lots of friends, going out, partying, and having that external validation through things and um, doing things that what I thought meant successful, right? So yeah. needing that job that's going to lead me to making this much money and, you know, just having that sort of mindset around that type of drive, you know, mm -hmm. okay. um, like materialistic type of thinking. Okay. Um, and just prioritizing um like partying and, and things like that and mm -hmm. obviously it's it's yeah you want to enjoy yeah you want to enjoy yeah, exactly. university as well yeah <laughs> exactly 100%. but i was just really focused so much on like what everybody else is doing and how do i fit in and like you know which is i think very normal mm -hmm. when, when we when you go to university away from home and yeah you know, all of that but i suppose the thing that shifted for me and this is i think more recently um was learning how to be authentic with myself and um, not needing to always have it figured out. Okay. Right. Yeah. And by that, I mean, like learning to, you know, fail fast and figure things out on the, on, on the go. But as long as it's coming from a, you know, the decisions you make, the things you want to do, the people you want to meet, the, activities you engage in the job you take the company you work for right like all these different things i think if, if it's coming from a place of authenticity it's it it ends up being much more fulfilling in, in one's life right and if it's the other way around right you kind of become depressed it's like it's not me who am i right you go mm -hmm. on this journey and you kind of find yourself not being yourself and yeah you're depressed right? exactly yeah yeah um so I think for me, it was like finding that authentic individual, which I'm still learning. I'm still mm -hmm. discovering that. But I think I've gotten better at, at recognizing it. 
learning to take care of myself and doing the things that fulfill me and prioritizing you know things that make me happy in life right and things that make me feel alive yeah um learning to be disciplined with myself but also you know like i said that helpful coach right okay if mm -hmm. i if i want to get in shape like i need to do xyz right? exactly um if i or have that good diet or whatever but also like learning to go for a swim on the weekend because i know how recharging that is you know? exactly um like in, in in the cold sea or going for a hike or a run on me you know like yeah these different activities like i think finding that outside of the the, the you know taking ourselves so seriously all the time <laughs> i think that's <laughs> really the, the part of it too that i find myself taking myself so seriously in university um which is not necessarily a bad thing but I suppose our parents always tell us to like, you know, you got to do this, this, that, get good yeah, grades. And like, yeah, exactly. you, you should, you know, Yeah. but like I was maybe taking it on another level and I, I'm, I'm glad I did. Like I got good marks and I, mm -hmm. I made amazing friends. I, I did good things. Um, and I, I lived, I think a good life for myself in university, but I think I had this tendency of like needing to sacrifice, you know, things that are really maybe good in life Yeah. for things that I needed to do for you know, a class that was due in like three days, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think it was really fine that balance. And obviously going back to it, I, I think, you know, during the week I'm at work, I'm doing my thing at, at Google, like I'm, I'm focused, like this is a high priority for me, mm -hmm. but I'm also learning to prioritize things, even if it's on a Tuesday or Wednesday to, you know, go to that concert or meet these people for dinner and like, yeah. do these different things. And if I don't have the energy to do it, I should tell myself, hey, I actually don't feel like doing that anymore. That's okay. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's really finding that balance in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think you touched up on something that I'm so obsessed about. I think it's like the, like being authentic with yourself and really, mm -hmm. like how you said that being like in university, I think there's like a big tendency. Um, even I find it sometimes is when you're doing things for the wrong reason. And like, there's almost like two parts of you and one's like, dude, what are you doing? And the other one's yeah. like, I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. And then you're trying to find yeah. that sort of relationship i think like um totally. this book napoleon hill it's called outwitting mm. the devil have you read it outwitting the devil no no I, it's I a really good book like um he talks about how um like he talks about the concept of basically a higher self and i think i sort of relate that to like the real you i think mm -hmm. um and so mm -hmm. the relationship you have with the real you i'm obsessed with that because i think that whenever you like and i totally agree also when you said um when you making a decision is it coming from an authentic and real place? Mm, I think that's mm. so important because if it is, you, you'll you have a lot more confidence in what you're doing. You'll feel it's more right. And during the tough times, you'll be able to persevere and push through. Whereas if you're mm -hmm. doing something for the wrong reason and it doesn't feel authentic, you feel like you feel weird while you're doing it. Even like after you're mm. doing it, you're just, you're just not sure what's going on. And I think that- It's just not you, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I think that's such a profound thing. Um, and even just over the past couple of years, I've just been focusing on that and just seeing, nice. um, let's see like how this works. I'm like, okay, whenever, and I'll notice too, like whenever I do something that doesn't really align with who I am, I'll notice mm. a bit of an in, internal dialogue, which is like, I don't really, I didn't really feel that that was the correct thing to do. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Like I'm trying to be more aware of it. Because I yeah. find that the more I do things that are aligned with who I am as a person, I feel mm. a lot more confident going into a room and meeting people because I feel like, you know, anything you ask me, like, I'll, I'm just going to be me and I have no issue yeah. with that, you know? Exactly, it's Ex exactly. There's so much power to that, right? Because 
like you said, you're it's coming from who you are. And yeah. That needs to align with your personality. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And what you do on a day-to-day basis. It sort of yeah. it builds up who you are. Exactly. And it's it's simple, but it's I think it's a challenging feat to go on a journey on to to understand, right? Yeah. Um and personally, like it helped me to find a mentor to help me coach me through that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone should look into that through either through a therapist or a coach, whatever it is. Exactly. There's always people to help. There's always people yeah, to help. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Facilitate that process. Yeah. I think it's really, really cool. Um, and I just have, I want to end on this one question. Uh, sure. Which is if you could give your younger self advice, what advice would you give and why? And it's going to be, I would say younger self, let's just say 20, because I turned 20 on April 29th. Nobody <laughs> wants to wish me happy birthday uh, next year. <laughs> April 29th. Happy, uh, happy birthday yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to yourself and why? Yeah, good one. Um, I think it comes down to very similar things that we've been talking about this whole time. Just being okay with not having everything figured out and not taking yourself so seriously, right? And learning to listen to what is authentic to you and making decisions and doing things that are authentic and yeah just not being afraid to to fail fast in that aspect as well Mm -hmm. um and yeah long story short find authenticity in everything you do don't take yourself too seriously and uh keep learning like enjoy life as well right Mm -hmm. yeah learn learn to have fun in, in 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 ways that maybe you haven't before and um yeah just yeah it sounds simple <laughs> no but, but yeah it's a lot to it really it, is just yeah yeah finding authentic. that authentic person within and um not taking yourself so seriously and not having to have it figured out and you know just keep learning and learn from your mistakes and it's okay if you make them and you know, everything is, is perfect and necessary, right? We, we all figure it out and mm-hmm. you just got to, you know, find your way forward. But, you know, things like you're doing, talking to different people, um, those are like probably the best, best things you can do. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that that would be my token advice off the top of my head that I would give myself. <laughs> that's awesome. I want to end on that one. Just be authentic, authenticity. I think just focusing yeah. on that, let's do that. That's a good one. Um, Samer, this was fun, man. I really, really enjoyed this. Thanks for it coming on. It was great, man. Yeah. Oh, absolute pleasure. It was a great chat. I really enjoyed it. Um, really had a good time. Yeah, for sure. And I, hopefully I'm, yeah. I want to have like repeat guests back on. So maybe like in a year we could, we could join back and <laughs> have a discussion, talk about being authentic as well, different life experiences. I think it's just so much fun, man. Like just even learning more about you. Cause I am your cousin. People don't, you don't, I, you're, I'm your cousin. I should know a lot more stuff. About you I do. What's yeah. Well, we, we have a big family, but yeah. Yeah, like exactly. It's, uh, it's nice to connect with people. And um, like you said, have those real conversations, which I also love doing. And I love doing that with the people I meet as well. Exactly. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for facilitating. And I'm really excited to be on and uh, share some conversation with you (laughs) of course awesome so that's a wrap thanks